Hello and a warm welcome. I'm Armin Trost, professor at the Furtwangen University in Germany. And this is my series on human resources strategies, a real master course for advanced HR students, professionals and executives. This series is available on YouTube and on all podcatchers like iTunes or Spotify. All slides that support this series are available on my website. For more information, please read the description to this YouTube or podcast. I'd also like to refer to my book, Human Resources Strategies, available at most online bookstores. So, again, thanks for listening Have fun and gain valuable insights into the fascinating world of HR strategies. So, welcome back. Let's talk about learning. This will be a, a completely new chapter. So I've planned three episodes around learning. The first one will be, this particular one will be about the different ways of learning. Learning is a universe. It uh, consists of a lot of different things. Then in the next episode, I will talk about how to set up a learning strategy, a corporate learning strategy. And the last one will be about how learning happens in an agile setting where nobody knows the answers. So, let's start with learning per se, and here's the question. When you think about learning in organizations, what comes to your mind? And I mean, this is not a scientific question. It's not about what is learning. I mean, of course, there are different definitions on this. I mean, the think about the old uh, behavioristic way, what learning is, which is simply the changing of behavior. Or we might think about learning from... Uh, from a physiological point of view, a biological point of view, or we could think about learning from a cognitive view, we could think about learning from a, a social view. So th this is not what I mean. I really mean learning in organizations. So you are an HR professional maybe, or you are a professional in, in training and development, uh, or even you might be a supervisor, and you think about, okay, learning in organization, what comes to your mind? And um, if you are very, very old school, And if you have studied old HR textbooks well, you primarily think about seminars, right? I, I know that most of you do not think about seminars. That's why you were here. <laughs> this, is, this is a YouTube channel. This is a podcast. This is not a classic seminar. Um, learning is much more than just seminars. And, and we're going to talk about this. Um, and everything which is around learning could be either managed or not. And, of course, many things that we learn, many things that employees, supervisors, teams learn every day is never managed. It just happens. Learning is very often a side effect of work. Uh, they, they don't consider it, it as learning. They, they just learn. I mean, this is life. Life is learning. And you don't name it that way. You do not stand up in the morning and say, the day-to-day -day is about learning. No, this day-to-day -day is about solving another stack of problems. And in the end of the day, you probably have learned something. And you're not even aware about what you have learned. But definitely, you have learned something. And, and this is very often not managed. It just happens. But when we think about learning in an 
strategic HR context, we think about learning as something that is managed. Okay, it's important. Uh, even though we know that probably just a, a little proportion of, of, of what people learn is really managed. But still, there is the idea of managing learning, making sure that people learn, making sure that you shape an environment that is encouraging learning, uh, having different initiatives, uh, measures, activities that support learning. So this is more the managed part. That's why we name it uh, learning management or that's why we name it human resource management. Uh, uh, we do not talk about things that happen somehow, even though a lot of things happen somehow. Now, here is a fundamental idea in HR that is really old, saying, okay, when you have a specific job, let's say a marketing specialist, an IT specialist, a sales representative, whatever, um, there might be some competences that you're supposed to meet, right? So I, I just looked at the um, Society for Human Resource Management. Uh, you find also a website there, the um, SHRM. And on this website, yeah, you will find a competency model for HR professionals. And I assume that some people here are HR professionals. So they have proposed a competence model. And as you know, a competence model is nothing else than a set of competencies, a set of competencies that you're supposed to meet. And, and that's, that's very interesting. So I looked at the competence model and, and what is there? They say, you must be good in relationship management. Oh, I mean, that makes sense. You must be good in ethical practice. You must have some HR expertise, some HR knowledge, of course. <laughs> yeah, you should know what is an employee value proposition. You should know what's the difference between variable and base pay. Okay. Business acumen. Okay. You have to uh, understand the business. A critical evaluation, uh, looking at things from different perspectives uh, in a very analytical, uh, differentiated way, but also something like global and cultural effectiveness. Being effective in a multicultural, international setting. You must be good in leadership and navigation. Yeah? And in consultation, of course. And the last thing here is something like um, communication. You must be capable to communicate, whatever that means. So the idea is that if you want to be a good HR professional, then you better meet many of these competencies. And now here's the idea. A very classic idea. If you don't, if you don't, then you face a learning need. So, very often we said a learning need is a gap between how good you are in something and, and how you're supposed to be in something. So, meaning, as an HR professional, you should be good in relationship management. If you aren't, then there is a learning need. Okay? So, That's a that's a classic idea, and as you will see, I will I will criticize that a bit, yeah, and um, or at least I will add another perspective to this. And as always, I would like to argue here with uh, strategic statements. And the first strategic statements goes like this, and this it's literally a summary of what I just said. It says the most important drivers for learning are the given work-related requirements. Or competencies, which are documented in the job description. Okay? This is the most important driver. Okay? A competence model. A job profile. Right? Okay. Well, 
you can you can look at things like this and that was the old idea of human resource management which is about right people right time right place okay what does that mean right right people okay right people that is this this uh, documented in the job description you are supposed to be like it is described in the job description uh, no that's a that's a very 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 traditional view okay here is the opposite strategic statement The most important drivers for learning are relevant uncertainty coupled with curiosity. <laughs> it's not the job profile. It's your uncertainty. It's your curiosity, which is perceived in your eyes as, as relevant. And I really like this view. Yeah? Not saying that the first one is wrong, but I mean, it's, it's, as always, it's, it's, it's your decision uh, whether you want to think in the first way or in, in, the, in the other way, right? So for the remaining part of this episode, I would like to share with you a different type of thinking when it comes to learning, really. And I, and I find this uh, essential because at least what I see, I mean, you might not share my view, but, but what I see in practice very often is that, that business leaders, Supervisors, managers, regular employees, not HR professionals, but regular salesmen, regular nurses, regular garbage men, regular engineers, regular whatever, they do not think in terms of competencies. They don't. I mean, do the test. Ask the purchase expert uh, next door department. Ask, hey, Mrs. Purchase expert. Hey, Mr. Purchase expert. What are your three most relevant competencies? I mean, he or she will stare at you and say, hey, are you from HR or what? <laughs> Something like this probably. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. No. Uh, it's, it's, it, it could be useful to think uh, about learning in a different way because in business, in practice, we do not think in terms of competencies. We think in terms of problems. What does that mean? A problem. Okay. People face problems. And... and um, They are, they, they are supposed to solve problems. And if you can't solve the problem, you have a problem <laughs> on top. Right? Then the problem gets even worse. So you better learn how to solve the problem. And, 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 maybe, and maybe people learn primarily when they face a problem. I mean, think about the following situation. I mean, I, I experienced this in, in, in my, in my uh, business uh, life. Um, I stand in front of students. I mean, that's my job, right? And then I teach things like, like I did in the last episodes. I, I share my view with students on what is performance appraisal, uh, how does performance appraisal work or not in different, um, in different uh, structural and cultural contexts. How could a company relaunch performance appraisal? And the students, they listen, they listen, they make notes, and then they learn everything probably by heart. And, and after, the, after the exam, they will forget everything. Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, it's not a surprise. It's not even a pity. It's, it's just the case. I mean, our brain is efficient, and the brain knows whether you need this knowledge for the problems uh, you're supposed to solve. And if there is no problem, forget about uh, the relevant knowledge. You don't need it. So, so it will be hidden somewhere in the back of your long-term memory, so to speak, which is absolutely okay. And the only problem the students very often have, and that's why they learn very often, is they want to pass the exam. They want to achieve a good grade. And that's the problem. Is they learn in order to receive a good grade very often. And it's really a challenge for us in the classroom 
to, to always constantly tell the students, look, this is not about your exam. This is about a real problem. That problem really exists out there. And sometimes I get emails from students long after they have graduated telling, hey, Professor Trost, um, I realized that your problem you were sharing in the classroom, they really exist. <laughs> I say, yes, yes, they do. That's why I shared them. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 there is a talent shortage out there. Yeah, yeah, really, really, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, now a different setting is the following. I do seminars with HR executives. And I recently, for instance, did a seminar with a group of 10 HR executives. And they came into the seminar with a problem. Their problem was, as I was explaining it in one of the last episodes, saying, my CEO requested me to come up with a new approach in performance appraisal, and I have no clue how to do this. So here is my problem. Here I am in a seminar, and I want to leave this seminar not with a binder or with 100 slides and some new business cards. I would like to leave this seminar with a solution, or at least with an idea how I could solve my problem, okay? And, and guess who learned the most? Those who face a problem and then have the chance to, to learn how to solve the problem. They will really learn, while those who don't face a problem, they probably don't learn. And, 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 and this, is, this is really key. So let's, let's think more about problem. Here is a problem, right? Here is a problem you're about to solve, whatever that is. Oh, you have to, you have to uh, share a document uh, in a collaborative, diverse setting with many people where all the people are supposed to work on one and the same document. Hmm, I used to use email. Huh, that probably does not work. So hmm, how can I do this? I don't know. Hmm, that's not good. <laughs> I have a problem. Okay, uh, I have to solve it. And, and, not, and then you do something. Whatever you do, you do something. And after a while, you know how to do it. What happened? You learned something. That's it. Okay? You face a problem, whatever it is, and you start with a situation, I don't know how to solve the problem. And this is the learning need. Okay? And then you get transferred into a situation where you know how to solve the problem. Okay, and the, and the transfer from not knowing how to solve a problem to knowing how to solve the problem. This is what we name learning. And you see, I do not talk about competencies here. I just talk about problems, okay? And, and this is always related to a person or to a group. A person is faced with a problem. And this entire thing is what we name a learning situation. So... Let's start with the learning needs. That's an interesting thing. Um, as I said, that refers to a situation where somebody, an individual or a group, is supposed to solve a problem, but at the same time is lacking required capability in doing so. And that is always linked to some people, a target group. So if you want to understand learning need, and you are not the person who is supposed to learn. You are not the learner. You might be the HR professional. You might be the specialist in training and development. And you want to understand the learning needs of a group of people. Let's say you want to understand what are the things new hires are supposed to learn in the very few, few weeks. You want to understand this. You want to understand what are the learning needs of your executives when it comes to executive education. Oh, this will be another episode, by the way. A future episode. You want to understand what are the seven things our executives better should learn? What are the learning needs of them? What are the most significant learning needs of our salespeople? 
um, if you want to understand this, and, and as a training and development uh, um, specialist, you better know this, right? Because you want to support, you want to shape environment, you want to enable them for learning. So how can you do this? The best way to do this is by using the critical incident technique, critical incident You ask the people about critical incident. You ask the new hire, give me five situations that were really critical to you. Situation where you really felt that you are overwhelmed. Please describe the situation. Why was it overwhelming? You, 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 should, not, no, you should never ask the people, what do you need to learn? <laughs> uh, that does not work because people are very often do not know what they need to learn. They, they just face a problem. And then they don't know. They really, they don't know. Uh, I mean, if I was asked the, the, the freshman in, in my university in the beginning of the human resource management lecture, so what do you need to know about HR? <laughs> they would stare at me and say, mm, I don't know. Mm, maybe recruiting? <laughs> yeah. They don't know what they don't know. So better don't ask what they don't know because they don't know what they know. If they need to if they if you if they would need to know what they don't know, they would need to know what they could know, but they don't know what they could know. That's why they can't know what they don't know. Oh, that was great that sentence, huh? Great sentence. Could I repeat this? No. No. Okay. Brilliant. Philosophical. Yeah. Critical incident. Talk about problems, situations, okay? And you know, there are all sorts of learning needs, all sorts. If you ask this, you're going to end up with a universe of all kinds of things. And what we're going to do in this episode and in the next episode is we're going to try to structure these things. Are we going to sort these things? We're going to use some learning characteristics to classify different learning needs so that we can differentiate between different learning cases. Okay, that was overwhelming now. Learning needs, learning cases, learning characteristics. But that's something I'm going to guide you through now and in the next episode. So, as I said, learning is a universe. Learning happens in many different ways, really. And really, when we think about learning in a corporate environment, that might, may involve a lot of different things, different needs, different learning activities, different learning formats, books, seminar, webinar, coaching, or whatever, different resources, less resource, significant resources, different relations, yeah? social relations, different outcomes, different roles, responsibilities, who is doing what when it comes to learning, who is the teacher, who is the learner, who is the organizer of that thing, who is the owner of the platform, who is, you know, that's, that's difficult. That's difficult. And really, I mean, I, I, I dealt with learning, it's a couple of years, um, I think it is, or it's a couple of years ago when I published uh, a book about uh, learning 2.0 with a good friend of mine. And I mean, since then, I deal with that topic more or less. And, and you know, the, the interesting thing is that it's, it's really diverse. It's really diverse. It's, it's, not like, it's not like recruiting. I mean, in recruiting, okay, it's simple. Here is a position. Fill it. That's it. Okay. Now, okay, there are different ways how to do it. That's, of course, that's for sure. But, but you know... Recruiting, 
very recruiting is very one-dimensional compared to learning. Learning involves a lot of dimension. I mean, learning can be formal or can be informal. Learning can be conscious, unconscious, individual, social. Learning can be unique or repetitive. Learning can happen short-term or long-term, strategic, uh, operative, uh, planned, on-demand, voluntary or forced, expensive or for free. Could happen local or global. Could happen structured or more experimental. Could be creative or could be more consuming and could be like this or could be like this. I mean, all sorts of things. Learning. We still talk about learning. So, very, very, very multidimensional. So, to really set up the right setting for any managed learning activities, if you really want to manage this multidimensional thing or these multidimensional things, you better, you better clarify what you're talking about. Really. Uh, that might be challenging, but I'm going to guide you through this. And, and a good idea, as I will show you later, is to talk about learning cases. Say, okay, we have 12 different learning cases. Even though the world is complex, here are the 12. And that cover uh, most managed learning in our organization. And they, they are, they, these learning cases really are the, the elements, the building blocks, or however you name it, of any corporate learning strategy. And I would like to think just similar like I did when we talked about talent acquisition. In talent acquisition, we were talking about four different cases. You remember? You remember? Huh? Simple hiring, strategic hiring, specialist hiring, and difficult mass hiring, knowing that these are four different ways of doing talent acquisition, along with different activities, different resources, different responsibilities, different mindsets. And this is the same as learning. Better understand different learning learning cases and to understand learning cases a very good idea is to really think about learning characteristics okay now this is another term learning characteristics i said when we talk about learning needs of whomever individuals groups this could be a huge variety could be all sorts of things right and it's a good idea to to classify these learning needs. It's a difference whether somebody wants to learn how to use a pivot table in Excel real quick or whether somebody is supposed to learn how to lead an organization. Uh, we're talking about learning needs, but sorry, these are two different learning needs, aren't they? I mean, for sure, right? So how do they differ? When you look at all the different learning needs in your organization, well, this huge variety, what are those characteristics that help you to classify these different learning needs? That's the question here. And um, after intense studying, after intense research, I, I came up with, with four different learning characteristics. I would like to walk through, through these four learning characteristics real quick. So let's start with the learning as such. Learning could be mediation. What does that mean? There is knowledge available. Somebody has the knowledge. You want to know how to, how to uh, cook a pizza? Okay, there's probably somebody who knows how to do this. Your Italian neighbor. Yeah? And you ask him, Hey, Luigi, can you tell me how to prepare a pizza? And then he will show you. So it's just about mediation. Somebody has the knowledge and you not. Somebody knows how to solve the problem and you, 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 you don't. 
So you ask the one who knows how to solve the problem and you learn from him or her. That's mediation. But sometimes there is no knowledge available. Nobody knows the answer. Okay? Nobody. Really nobody. And, and you're going to learn that. We're going to talk about this more intensively. Sometimes when it comes about, okay, we need a new innovative solution in our organization for whatever. A new business model. Nobody knows the answer. Nobody. Not the CEO, not the supervisors, not, not even the, the, the expensive consultants. They don't know the answer. Nobody. So, so learning in that case is not mediation. Learning from an expert, this is, this is creation. And, and, and that's very often the case, not only with the big things like business model, new product, but also for yourself. If you face a problem, let's say as a supervisor, you have a particular leadership situation where you don't know how to do it. You, there, there might be nobody who can tell you what to do. Nobody. And maybe you should not even ask for advice. You have to create your own solution because only that might help you. So that's creation. That's already a very important distinction. Okay? Mediation versus creation. Okay, that's one characteristic. One characteristic. Another characteristic is the question about who is the learner? Who is the learner? Who is the one supposed to learn? Uh, and very often, it's about the individuals. Really, it's the individual who learns. The individual employee, the individual supervisor. Uh, also in my classroom, okay, I stand in front of, let's say, 100 students, but at the end, everybody is learning individually. That's also why everybody is doing their exams alone very often, <laughs> not necessarily. Um, I have also other formats, of course, but very often learning is something that happens as individual. But sometimes it's not the individual who is supposed to learn. Sometimes it's an entire group. I mean, think about sports, right? Sp think about a sports and you have a team. It's about improving the team and it's interplay and it's, it's, it's the entire system. It's not about improving the individual player. It's about improving the individual system. Only the system as a whole can learn. Also, when we think about organizational development, it's not about developing individuals. The sum is more than its parts. You, you, you want that the whole system, the whole group, the whole team, the whole department, the whole organization will change as a whole, you know. Okay? Uh, that, that's, that's a different story, you see. Okay. A third characteristic is learning scope. I name it scope. Sometimes it's something that, that seems short-term, yeah, quick, micro, yeah, simple. Uh, you don't know how to write the term conscientiousness. <laughs> I always forget this. Okay, I have a look in the internet and then I know it. Okay, I learned something. I mean, that happens within a few seconds, right? Learning scope could be You could also say the learning need is little, very small, a small learning need. Huh? Okay. Um, I don't know how to open this bottle. <laughs> yes. Hey, John, do you know how to open this bottle? Yeah, look, like this. You have to turn it this way. Oh, no, now I know. Okay. It's short term. But if you want to learn how to be a good leader, That's not short-term. Definitely not. Yeah. Okay. 
Could be that also the, the long-term learning consists of thousands and thousands of short-term uh, uh, needs. It might might be, but 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 we could in in the whole we can we can we it make it really makes sense. You will see practically makes sense to think of it as something big, as something significant that probably probably not necessarily but probably will take sometimes weeks maybe years and then we will talk about programs comprehensive programs okay so learning in organization and this is the fourth characteristic very often could be unique you know very very special an employee has a problem whatever it might be uh, a specific legal problem maybe let's think of a uh, international tax lawyer again You remember the international tax lawyer uh, when we talk about specialist hiring? Now we have the international tax lawyer and the international tax lawyer has a very, very specific problem and he's supposed to solve the problem. So in other words, he's supposed to learn. Um, and nobody else in the organization is facing, facing this problem. Nobody. And nobody ever will face this problem again. So it's a very unique learning need. Something that where you're going to learn. It's not, it's not necessary to set up a training, a seminar, or a program. No, no, no. That's something very, very unique. But sometimes learning needs can be very re recurring, recurring. So every new hire, every month, they all have to learn one and the same thing over and over and over again. And sometimes learning needs are also spread, meaning not only one person is facing this learning need, there are hundreds, thousands, okay? So that's what I mean with scale, okay? To summarize, is learning about mediation or creation? Is the learner the individual or is it the group? Is the scope short-term or long-term? Is the scale unique or recurring? You see, you know, it's, it's very interesting <laughs> and also practically very helpful. When you think about learning, hmm, learning, learning could be everything. Okay, what learning? Let, let's look at four characteristics. They are not complete, I know. They are not complete. Maybe there is a fifth, sixth, but, but these are the most significant in my eyes at least. We can now use these four characteristics, also with the bipolar uh, ends, to describe different learning cases. And just to illustrate this idea, I would like to show you four different cases. Okay? And they are very, very different, as you will see. So let's start with the first case. An employee does not know how to use pivot tables in Excel. But he should. Okay. This is about mediation. Somebody knows the answer. Maybe somebody in YouTube. <laughs> it's something individual, right? It's short term. And it's very unique. Right? Maybe it's not unique. But let's assume in this case it's unique, really. Hmm. Special case, huh? Mediation, individual, short term, unique. I think this is... We could name this. However you name such a case, I mean, that depends on you, but you could name, you could name it micro-learning on demand. Micro-learning on demand, right? Something that happens very quick and it just happens when it's needed, right? Uh, and what might be an activity, just as a kind of first idea here, could be just 
watching YouTube. Watch a tutorial on YouTube. That's the whole story. You see the need? We applied different learning characteristics to classify the learning case to come up with a specific learning activity. Okay, now, here's the different story. Some employees need to improve their project management skills. Not only one, there are many. So, could be that through a certain exercise, whatever, 20 people learned, oh, we are not so good in project management. Maybe they want to apply a new project management uh, philosophy. Maybe they want to learn how to do Scrum, you know, this new agile way of managing projects. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, there is somebody who can teach this, some Scrum masters, a teacher, an expert. So it's, again, about mediation. At the end, the people will learn individually. It's something midterm. Oh, that needs a while. Uh, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe. And it's recurring because it's, it's not only one person. There are many persons. And probably this training will happen again and again and again in the future. It's not unique. It's recurring. So what kind of case is that? Hey, that's the standard group learning case. Standard group learning. There's a group of people, they want to learn something. Okay, go ahead, run the seminar. <laughs> of course, there might be different different, uh, different uh, uh, formats. Uh, sure, you even could read a book, maybe. <laughs> But that's not, that would not be um, advisable. But in this case, this could be standard group learning. And the answer in terms of activity is standard classroom seminar. Yeah? Maybe, yeah. Don't say that this is the ideal way, but why not? No? So, Okay, here's the third um, situation. Some managers don't know how to deal with critical situations in terms of leadership, you know. What is a critical situation? We'll talk about this when it comes to executive education. Um, oh, I have two employees in my teams. They are constantly are in a conflict. They always wrestle, and that takes so much energy. Really, and that that puts a bad mood on the entire team. I don't know what to do as a manager. Oh my god, that kills me. Uh, a critical situation. Every manager is facing many of these kinds of things, you know. And uh, so, the manager better learns how to solve such a problem. And uh, what is that? Learning, in that case, is probably a mixture between mediation. Somebody tells you how to deal with the conflict as a manager, but it's pretty much about creation. Think about your own solution. The learner is very often a group in that case, because you do not learn alone as a manager. Very often it's that you learn as a manager um, all together with your team. Yeah, Very often it's individual, I know, but let's consider this as a case where leadership And dealing with critical situation is not an individual thing, but a group thing. It happens midterm and recurring. This this need will come up over and over and over again. It's not it's not very unique. So this case could be named as behavioral and situational reflection, right? You see, that's something different. That micro learning on demand. That's something different. That standard group learning, and maybe. An activity that could address this case is a regular and facilitated peer coaching. Why not? Could be. Better than a book. Right. Okay, here's the fourth case. And that's extreme. A team has to develop a new product, but it is in the beginning, really, 
it, it does not know how the product gonna look like. So now that must ring a bell. We talk about high level of task uncertainty. Yeah, you develop a product. Can you describe the product? No, not yet. <laughs> But you will. Yes, we will. Sometime when we don't know. Uh, cool. So yeah, this is this is a need. A, a real problem. You better solve the problem. And this case is about creation, because nobody knows the answer. Not even an external consultant, not the CEO, nobody. You can read hundreds of books and you will not you might find inspiration, but you will not find the answer. Yeah. Uh, who is the learner? A group. A group must learn. Of course, every individual learns also as a side effect. So if an employee gonna leave this team, he or she will take home some learning from that. But you have to learn as a group all together because it's the system that will succeed in the end. It's the system that it's the interplay with high level of task dynamic, you see? That's a context factor. High task dynamic uh, that will succeed. And it's a long-term thing. It's very unique, really unique, that never happened and will never happen again. Maybe in different ways with a different uh, challenge, but that particular challenge with that particular problem, that's unique. So this case could be named as co complex problem solving. Now you might say, this is not learning. This is work. Yes, This is both. And we're going to talk about this when it comes to agile learning. In some situation, there is no difference between work and learning. It's simply the same. Yeah. And what is the activity? Yeah, let's put it simple. It's it's creative project work. Right? That's it. So um, you know, this is not complete, I know. It's not complete. But what I want you to take home are the following things. Learning is about Uh, solving problems moving into a state to solve problems and that could be anything everything it's really diverse yeah to to manage all these different multidimensional things you better use some learning characteristics to classify different learning cases i mean now with these learning cases now we are in a better state to develop something that we name a corporate learning strategy and this is going to be the topic for the next episode so let's have a little break and then we meet again then so thanks for listening bye